0: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Football Talk from the Yorkshire Post where we will be discussing some of the latest talking points from the world of football with members of our football writing team. On this week's episode, we're joined by Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner, and Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Liam Mopshall, to discuss all of the latest developments affecting our local clubs. Don't forget you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging on to our website at yp.sport at nationalworld.com, as well as checking out our various Twitter feeds, the main one being at yp sport. If you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football, or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. And if you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages, or email us directly with the subject matter as football talk podcast at yp.sport at nationalworld.com. YorkshirePost.co.uk. As mentioned earlier in the intro, this week we're joined by Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner, and Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Leon Mobshaw. Good morning, guys.
1: Good morning. Good morning.
0: Right, Uh, firstly this week, we start in the FA Cup, uh, where Sheffield United advanced to the semi-final stages where they will meet Manchester City. Uh, This came after an amazing victory against Blackburn Rovers with Tommy Doyle's amazing strike in the 91st minute. Um, What do you think their prospects are uh, when they meet the uh, defending Premier League champions? And do, do you think that this could sort of interfere with their push for promotion, Stuart?
2: Um, well, I mean, let's let's be realistic about it. They're, they're playing Manchester City. Their prospects aren't great because mm. Manchester City are such a good football team. But you know, it's the FA Cup. Anything can anything can happen on the day. I think City are playing that game a uh, couple of days after uh, a second leg in the Champions League against Bayern Munich, and it's uh, it's um, the game before they play. Uh, o- o- not not long before they play Arsenal as well, so you you never know. But I mean, um, as to whether it'll be a distraction for Sheffield United, I think it's fallen quite well for them. You know, in terms of the quarter final, they've obviously got fortnight now without a game to sort of get that excitement and and distraction of of Wembley out of their system. And and then when it comes down to it, yeah, it's an extra game, but it is only one. It is only one more game. Uh, I think. I think any any negatives that might come from, you know, the, the extra workload, the distraction, whatever you want to call call it, are more than wiped out by the week they had. Not just with that tremendous win and the, and the and the way they achieved it, and you know the way that, the way the ground was and all that sort of thing, but also their you know their big championship win over Sunderland in the build up. I mean that was that that was a huge week and. and And again, you know, Middlesbrough dropping points against Stoke, it all added up to a really big week for Sheffield United, a real morale-boosting week. And, you know, you hear lots nowadays about the negatives of a cup run, you know, the distraction, the extra workload. And, you know, there are negatives. But there's positives too. Mm. You know, there's a lot to be said for just enjoying winning matches, enjoying playing in front of your own fans, enjoying scoring stonking goals like that one Tommy Doyle uh scored and, and Paul Hackingbottom knows this of course because Paul Hackingbottom won promotion with Barnsley, having taken them to Wembley in the in the Football League trophy. So he could see what 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 good um good that can do. And I and I just think the way they are at the moment, you know, the pressure Middlesbrough are, are putting on them is pretty serious. Um so I think, you know, you've got to you've got to see the positives there. You know, the fact that they're in this position despite all the you know, thing You know, ridiculous things that seem to be going on off the field. Sheffield United are are, are close to, you know, the Premier League. They're playing at Wembley um, next month. You know, they are enjoying their football. The fans are enjoying their football. Um, they they can't be thinking about the negatives. Uh, they can't be worrying about you know how many Man City might score at Wembley. They just should 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 go there, show what they show what they're made of, enjoy themselves, have a good day. And if they if they don't lose, well oh, sorry, if they don't win, then okay, well we'll just have to win promotion.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean it's a, I, I totally agree. It's, it's a total three hit they'll have all the neutrals in the country they'll be will be behind them. You know, obviously from a Sheffield United perspective they'll be wanting to, to create um, a monster shock in it and it would be wouldn't it? But you know, it's if they if they go out, if they make a good account of themselves, sports have a have a really good uh, day out. It's it's the culmination of a really good cup run. I mean, there's been a lot of, a lot of talk from from the Middlesbrough, and, you know, saying it's you know it's a distraction for, for Sheffield United to, to take their eye off the ball. I, I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. I, um, I actually remember when Middlesbrough themselves got promoted. I think it was in the I think it was ninety seven ninety eight was. Um, a real friends battle for promotion with with um, Nottingham Forest and Sunderland. They won at two others as well. And and that season, Borough got to the uh, League Cup final, but lost, lost to lost to Chelsea. But it, it never derailed them in terms of in terms of the league. They ended up finishing second behind Forest. So I don't necessarily read it, all that into the fact that you know you go you go to Wembley. It's gonna it's gonna affect your your league form. I think, I think the bigger thing for for Jeff United, really is just making. Making sure the big players are on form and, and and fresh for the running. I'm, I'm sure, obviously, they've got the international break now and Paul Legginbach will be I think he'll be crossing everything that you know, the likes of the guy and, and um, Sanderberg um, Ahmed Hodges as well just all come back without any injuries. Obviously, you know, they've got a a really a, a really sort of packed running. I think there's only about one midweek break they have now, um, haven't they? But I think if, if everybody's fit and mentally fresh, they can t- t- take this um extra game in, in the in this drive and yeah you know, what a game as well as Stuart said at uh, at Wembley so no i don't I don't necessarily see it being a problem they've got some young hungry players there and they've also got some seniority as well and just enjoy it it's it's a free hit. Yeah, and and you know one
2: element in that regard. I mean, one thing that is is, is seriously going to hurt them at Wembley, we, You know, we were speaking after the game to to Tommy Doyle after the game and before the draw had been made, and everyone was thinking, please don't let it be Man City. Not just because it's the hardest tie, but because Doyle and Mcatee, who are both on loan from Manchester City, won't be able to play in that game. But what it does mean is that two other midfield players are going to have the chance to chance to step up. There's going to be real competition for those places, and then those lads are going to be able to put their feet up that weekend and come back for the come back for the yeah. midweek refresh. So it it will almost enforce a bit of enforce a bit of rotation and create a bit of competition because that's you know there's there's two elements when you've got a game like like that coming up. You worry about, about people just having it in the back of their mind as they go into to tackles. I don't want to get injured because I don't want to miss out on Wembley. But the, you know the other situation is you can you can create this atmosphere of well look. If you don't get stuck into these tackles, you won't be playing at Wembley, you know. And, and and people really, you know, you can really use that as a motivational tool. So, it's impossible to say at this stage what what, what way it will go. But I, I really don't think with the with the mindset around that football club and this whole culture, Paul Heckingbottom have has of no excuses that it will be a factor because because the other part of the equation, you know, winning promotion to the Premier League is so big. It's not like it's not like they're being distracted from, you know, mid-table matches. The, the those league games arguably arguably matter more for the players. Wembley's Wembley's as much a reward for the fans as as for the, the players. But yeah, just exciting times. And just why, you know, if you if I were them, why 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 talk about the pressure? Why talk about what could go wrong? Yeah. Why not just enjoy the fact that you know you might
1: not have it this good for the rest of your career? So, you know, make the most of it. I think as well, looking at the, looking at the games they've got, I think they've got two home games, haven't they? Before before the semi against City, they've got Cardiff and Bristol City, and immediately afterwards they've got two home games as well. So, you know, I don't think there'll be too much of it's fallen quite nicely in that regard. There'll not be too much sort of you know this dis- disruption sort of traveling the other end of the country, trading, get getting, getting affected. So, yeah, it'll th- you know, be a good chance to put Sheffield United into the, you know, into the, the national spotlight. And obviously, he had the kudos from the from the Spurs game. There's been, you know, obviously one or two uh, off the field stories that, you know, Sheffield United fans have been been concerned about. You know, this sort of flips it around at least in you know on the on the pitch uh, matters. And you know, the young young players there and the the, the dyes of this of this world you know, what well, an occasion to showcase his, you know, his talent on a, on a, you know, a, a, in front of a nationwide audience at the, the home of football. So, yeah, just, just go in and enjoy it. It's it's a good story. Yeah. And they need the money. You know, the FA Cup prize yeah, money has been really, quit, isn't
2: it? Yeah. Re- really plumped up the last few years. You know, that, that money's going to help as well, you know, possibly help them get out of this transfer embargo, or certainly, certainly, you know, help make the situation better. I, th- I think it's just, I think it's just win-win. You know, as so long as they I don't, as do. um, so long as they don't embarrass themselves against it, City, so long as they 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 give up yeah. everything and you know the fans clap clap them off at the end, then I don't, I, yeah. you know,
1: as I say, total win-win situation for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all for Paul Waghorn. It's all about keeping players, fit, isn't it? And for that starts with the yeah. constant.
0: Yeah. And uh, next we head to the Premier League, where Leeds United claimed a vital 4-2 victory away at Wolverhampton Wanderers, uh, which saw them move up to 14th place. Um, it is still very tight at the bottom, with four points separating 12th and 20th. Um, after the international break, the Whites have a tough away trip at Arsenal waiting for them, but with four games coming up uh, with teams uh, in and around the relegation fight, could April sort of be the make-or-break month uh, for their season, Stuart? Sure.
2: Yes, I think I think quite simply, yes, it, yes, it could, and and they, you know, they're going into it in in decent shape. I think it's I think it's fair to say that after everything that happened, you know, having Gra- Grazia coming in as as coach wasn't really an appointment that that knocked people's socks off. But you know, he's got two wins and a draw from his four games in charge. Now his four league games in charge. Um, he's got a bit of organization into them, although it sort of went a bit a bit haywire at, at Wolves when the when the game. And the game got crazy but you know um he's having he's having a decent effect on them he's getting some confidence into them Um one would hope that two weeks further down the line they can get uh, a lot more minutes out of uh, Rodrigo, a lot more minutes out of Bamford retail had that that much more time have had that much more time on the training ground you know getting used to uh, getting used to his environment and so on that there's they're moving in the right direction. It, it's it's so tight down there that you can't really rule any team, you know, in or out of the relegation battle at the moment. Who knows what effect Roy Hodgson's going to have on on Crystal Palace? But as you say, after that after the game at Arsenal, which is you know like Manchester like Sheffield United's game at Manchester City, it's it's a game that in your mind you sort of write off, and anything you get is a bonus. Three. Big home games, then you know Nottingham Forest, Crystal Palace, and 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 Liverpool, and yeah, okay, okay, you know Liverpool will be, will be strong favourites, but Leeds have beaten them once already this season at, at Anfield. So if they can if they can have a good April, and there's the there's the scope there to have a really good April, then they could they can make May, you know, a little bit more. Comfortable. This is Leeds United, so they almost certainly won't. But that's
1: that's the way they've that's the way they've got to look at things. Yeah, I mean he's he's coming. Grats, He's won. I think it's two out of four in, in the league, and I think every Leeds fan would have, would have uh, t- taken that when he he came through the doors. Yeah, Stuart's spot on. It looks like April, doesn't it? That's the month that um, looks definitive for Leeds. You know the home games there. They've obviously got. Um, they have got Leicester, haven't they? Towards the end of the month as well, and it's in a trip to Bournemouth could really do with um, you know getting it sorted out um, then Because you look at what they've got a bit further down the track, they've got, they've got Newcastle, they've got City, even Tottenham for all their um, all, the, all their issues at the minute, they're still in a in a handy position on the last day. So yeah, I mean it's it's uh, you know really good, good three points for Leeds, and what sounds a bit of a, a bit of a crazy game. It's um, at Wolves and I think as well with with Rodrigo. I mean, it, it, him coming back, they can wrap him in cotton wool. And um, you know, we're talking about you know managers with Jeff United wanting the, the key players to be mentally fit and physically at the best for the running. And Leeds will certainly be wanting that. With Rodrigo, as he got thirteen goals this season, um, think about it's in you know, double figures in, in the league. There's not too many sides at the at the bottom, you know, who've got. Who got strikers who were who were in double figures, and he could you know he could be a a trump card in in that regard. The Leeds yeah, has I mean, had a had a pretty good season, so you know he, he could he could be the key man for Leeds, in my opinion. And we um you know we look at it from a from a Leeds
2: perspective, you know, to actually be there at Molyneux on Saturday, as I was, I was kind of a, of a mindset that since Lopetegu had come in. Wolves would be okay because he'd done a really good job there, but it, it just felt like a really, really demoralising defeat for Wolverhampton Wanderers that just, you know, probably made their fans think we we are really in this this battle. And, and you know, they picked up two suspensions as well, um, you know, which could be quite could be quite lengthy suspensions too. So just there were lots of layers on, on it from a from a Wolves uh, perspective to really to really drag their their morale down so it was it was kind of a kind of a a, a double win in that respect and I say same applies to these games coming up against Forest and Palace you know if Leeds can if Leeds can win those games those those teams those sets of fans are going to become really nervous and you know Forest's Forest you know their um, chances of staying up are basically built on home form so if you could get the city ground nervous you know, albeit within a way, with that's that's only going to help you. And obviously, Palace have got this terrible record of not having won in 2023. So, again, if you if you could draw these teams in, there's a lot of psychology involved in the relegation battle as much as it, as much as anything. And that's I say. So it was it was a, just a big win on 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 a, a lot of levels for Leeds United. And, and uh, yeah, one that should have been actually quite comfortable when they were. When they were 3 0 up early in the the second half, but the fact that they were made to fight for it only sort of added to their levels of satisfaction, I think. I
1: I think looking at the just quickly the teams down at the the bottom, it looks like there's quite a lot of the null people certainly be playing each other before the end of the season. It it could well be one, if not um, two two slots, even Could, could be determined by. How well sort of teams fare against each other in that mini league, you know, from a Leeds perspective, everyone will be hoping that they can get a they get a positive return of, of, of form. They're they're going to be out of it, aren't they? But you know, um, conversely, there could be another side who who you know drop it who, who go, go down because of that, really, because of the results in the in mini league between now and the end end of the season. So yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating. But I, I, I look you know looking at Leeds as games with you know with the with the being at Ellum Road for for the majority of the, of the games against team, you know, teams around them, you know, Leicester, Forest, Palace, they've got to go to Bournemouth, they've just got to really use that to their advantage.
0: Yeah, yeah. And now we turn our attention to the Championship and we start with Middlesbrough, who are snapping at the heels of Sheffield United after a 4-0 victory over Preston North End. Um, their next game is away at struggling Huddersfield Town, followed by a crucial home game against table-topping Burnley. Um, they certainly look comfortable for a playoff spot, but do you think they've got enough to mount a real challenge for automatic promotion, Leon?
1: Well, I mean, they've got a they've got a chance. It felt like a, a significant game for them in, in, against Preston last time out. I mean, if they'd have if they'd have not um, well not obviously Sheffield United. Uh, weren't weren't playing, then the gap would have, would have potentially looked looked too much. It it did feel like a big game in in Middlesbrough's season. I, I'd gone to the game in midweek against um, Stoke, and fair play to Stoke, they should have won that game. They were they were excellent, and it sort of begged the question why why they are where they are really in, in mid table. But I think we've spoken about it before on on the podcast that you know sometimes teams are sort of underachieved, and then it gets to the to the towards the end of the season, start having a having a bit of fun, and you know maybe Stoke are doing that. They obviously played they played Norwich in the next next game at last week, and by all accounts, they they should have should have won that. They're in a good they're good um, lick of form. But yeah, there was a little bit of pressure on the Middlesbrough going into that. There was there was some nerves among the fan base uh, in the game against uh, Stoke. I thought you know a, a few questions, but it was an emphatic answer, wasn't it? To be better, Preston they a little bit in a similar ish bracket to Stoke. They've been they've been sort of uh probably under underachieved a little bit but still dangerous. They've been strong away from home. But yeah, Middlesbrough came to the party, you know, Ackpum Ak, Act absolutely fine, isn't he? I think he's scored in something like ten of the last eleven um home games. still got half a chance of getting thirty goals, which is which is staggering really because he, he missed part of the autumn as well with, with injury and um and uh, Cameron Archer as well. They, they look got they to play some scintillating football, and you know as well as Middlesbrough done. You felt like they sort of, you know, sort of needed needed that almost after after the events in in midweek. There'd been a lot of talk after they'd beaten Swansea in the previous game. Sheffield United, we're coming for you. And then obviously on the Tuesday you night, know, like the drop points, and, and and United got a good win against Sunderland. So they they're sort of still in the. In the game, in that regard, and have just got to keep uh, keep chipping away, Middlesbrough, haven't they? I mean, for a bit of context, I think Stewart was right to say, uh, talk about it last week that, in you know, in the final leg of of last season when they were, you know, after the the last in- international break of of last season, they sort of fell away a little bit. I think they only won three out of out of nine and, and missed out on the playoffs. So there's that little bit of uh, perspective for them. I, th- I think they I think the stronger now the buys that they they brought in January in in Archer and um, and Aaron Ramsey have have contributed more than Balogun and and Connolly did when they arrived for the second half of last season. There looks goals in the side they're they're playing well, but they've got some tough games to come. I mean, they've got um, Huddersfield next up. They're going to be reinvigorated by the by the you know the great win they had at. Um, Millwall and, he, and you know, it you might just be a picture that's right up Neil Warnock Street, you know, roll up your sleeves and and uh, he'll certainly as night follows day he will really talk up Middlesbrough before before that day game, you know, rightly so, and he'll play the underdog card. So and they've got some other big tests as well. They've got to play Norwich, they've got to play Luton. But yeah, you know, on, on the other side of the coin, you know, teams are gonna be wary of Middlesbrough in that sort of because they were uh, you know they really dictate Preston to the cleaners. Yeah, I mean, you know the way the way the way Middlesbrough are going. If they can just
2: continue in this vein, um, it just means that that Sheffield United just can't afford to come off it. You know, if if Sheffield United see the job through and Middlesbrough carry on like this, then you you've just got to hold your hands up and say, well done. And you know, we we wish this had started sooner. But you know, you look back on that Stoke game, and it was quite a quite a demoralising night for. For Middlesbrough, as Leon said, they, they 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 should have lost the game, but they didn't lose the game. You know, even on, on a, even on a bad night, they still got a draw. They've still got this formidable home record. So I, I just think you know, whichever of the two misses out, it's going to be they, they're going to they they can consider themselves very unlucky, and it, it's going to be a bit of a bit of a, a, a kick in the nuts frankly to to whoever ends up in the playoffs they've got to make sure that doesn't that doesn't linger over and a, and affect affect the players because you would you, you would certainly say from this perspective those those three teams top three teams at the moment all deserve to be in the premier league and however it happens you know it will be it would be nice to see that happen but yeah i mean for for middlesbrough i, I saw carry cast after the after the game at the weekend if the international break at Come at the wrong time, and you know, Carrick being Carrick, he just gave a, a non-answer yeah. sort of thing of, of we'll see. You know, if you if you if you're looking for negatives, you know, if you if you if you've got that sort of defence mechanism of as a fan of trying to see what could go wrong, then, then then that will be a concern. They're in such good form; you'd like them to just carry on playing, but um, I, you know, there's no reason why they can't pick up uh, where they left off. Akpom as. Leon rightly says is an absolute goal machine at the moment. But the the, the the important thing is they're not relying on him. You know, Cameron Archer got two the other day, Mike mm-hmm. uh, Michael Force chipped in. Others are scoring goals as well. They're they they're just in a they're just in a cracking vein of form. They are doing all they can do. And I so say if if it turns out not to be enough then then so be it. But um, you've got to give huge credit to the way Michael uh, Carrick has changed this season.
1: Yeah, I mean he's cool as a cucumber as well, isn't yeah. he? Obviously, mean, we've spoken before about his about his playing days. at more especially Manchester United, where this end of the business end of the season, you know, there's there's huge pressure every week, and it's about it, it's about walking the walk and not talking the talk, and he, he did that for seasons on end. And I think as well, this perspective as well. You know, you look at I think I wrote him in my um, preview before the. Preston game last weekend I went, um, sleep, actually went to the game at Preston in the reverse fixture and Middlesbrough lost that in the last minute and in the 21st they were only out of the relegation zone on on uh, goal defence and I think, I think the team below them were Coventry and they actually had a couple of games in hand so it's important to keep remembering how far Middlesbrough have travelled and um, you know they're in a, an outstanding position that no one would have certainly envisaged at the um at the the start of the start of november so you know the supporters need to sort of remember that um sometimes and really sort of um grasp this time for for what it is because it's been it's been a remarkable run but they're obviously gonna have to keep the foot on the on the pedal if they're gonna somehow overhaul sheffield united Mm. And and also, you
2: know, we 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 focus on his time at Manchester United and his experience of winning titles. But if it comes to it, he won a playoff final with West Ham as well, you know. So he had he has been down this route before as a player. It's not all been about uh, about that top end. So you know, maybe maybe we, we you know has been has been talk about his inexperience as a manager. Maybe that might be one area where his experience. Kicks in, but that's that's quite a way down the road yet. Yeah, we'll we'll wait and see. Yeah, wait and see what happens in the meantime.
1: Yeah, and I would say, I mean, I, people would say if Sheffield if United did miss out, or if it's Middlesbrough, Sheffield United who end up in the playoffs, I still I still think that whoever it is will be the team to be. Yeah. 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 It's 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 purely if they how they respond
2: to that disappointment. I think that would be the, yeah. that would be the only concern. But certainly on, on talent, those three teams are, you know. Just impressively ahead of the rest, really.
0: Yeah. And uh, next on the agenda uh, is Hull City, who, after their one-all draw away at Reading, uh, sit comfortably in mid-table. Um, is there anything left uh, for them uh, for, for the Tigers to play for this season, Stuart?
2: Yes, there's always something left to play for when you get when you get paid to play football. Um, Hull City have had great. Support particularly away from uh, away from home this season, uh, thanks to Agnelli, you know, laying on those coaches. You know they've had they've had great support from from him in, in in the transfer market and what have you. You know they should be doing their absolute utmost to repay those supporters who've been through some pretty pretty thin times. And you know next summer will be when Liam Rossini really sets to on on making this. A Liam senior whole city squad. so there's there's players who will be, you know, playing to be part of that. If they're not careful, I mean, Leon, Leon made reference the other the other week to how you know even stalwarts like uh, Jacob Greaves have been have been left out out of the lineup. Nobody's nobody's safe here. If people aren't meeting the senior standards, they won't be at that club next season. And and I think you know there is the potential for it to be quite an exciting season next season. So they should be they should be doing their utmost to make sure they're on board with it they should be you know playing for their own personal pride and they should be looking to repay the supporters so you know regardless of whether they can whether they can go up or go down they can play with more freedom as we've mentioned before um, but there's still there's still responsibility on them they still have a job to do and uh, you know when they when they're playing games like that, you know the next ones against Rotherham for example and um, they've got a responsibility to the rest of the league as well to you know, to Cardiff City, to Huddersfield, to QPR and teams like that to make sure that Rotherham have a really hard game at the KCOM. Yeah, they've
1: got some... I um, totally agree with that of what Stuart said. They've got some, you know, cracking um, games away, trips especially they've got to go to Lapham, who are flying high. They've got to go to Middlesbrough. got to go to Luton last year this season. Also got to go to Sunderland as well, who've had huge crowds this season. So, a really good good occasions and you know if, if all are, are to do anything at this time next year they you know they, they, they're good barometers and, and good gauges for them and uh, as Stuart said with the senior he comes across he's quite a, a an, an erudite a, sort of a, a well-spoken lad calm in, in his utterances but there's certainly a bit of steel there and you know he's shown that on on occasions this this season I, you know I think if if players don't want to be with him and um and, and you know, travel with him on, in the same direction. He will, you know, he'll he'll move them on, and you know, they're all trying to play their way into his to his plans. And he's obviously, he'll have his own. He came in mid-season. He'll have his own ideas for pre-season in terms of what he would like to, to bring in. and I'm sure there's a fair few there who who you know will be judging over these these games whether he, they can convince him that he's part of the plan. So, they've just got to. Uh, Going to enjoy it and relish it. They've got the free travel for the supporters. I'm sure they'll be taking a fair few fans to Sunderland and and I've at Middlesbrough. They're not the longest longest uh, trips in the world. And yeah, and if they can just get some positivity going into the into the summer, and um, obviously it's going to be all about um, next season. Then and Hull of Hull have sort of briefly sort of flirted, didn't he? I suppose right on the edges edges of the of the playoff talk um, earlier. This earlier this winter, but they'll obviously be having I mean, the designs on being the real
0: deal uh, next season. Hmm. And uh, next up is uh, Rotherham United, who, after their bizarre abandonment of uh, their game against Cardiff City, uh, sit worryingly close to the drop zone. Um, with an away trip to Hull coming up after the international break, what does Matt Taylor sort of need to do to sort of keep the Millers safely on?
1: Yeah, I think I think worrying is the is the word. Market was obviously, at the start of the week. It, it sort of promised a fair bit, didn't it? Rotherham had gone into it, they'd beaten. Um, I think they QPR, hadn't they? They got a point at a good point at uh, Swansea. You no know, games against Birmingham, Preston, and uh, and Cardiff. There was you know high hopes. Get a decent return of, of, of points from them to set them up for the. For the running, when they've got some, they've got some toughies. They've got think, you know, like West Brom, Norwich, Luton, Burnley. They've got Borough as well. You know, real, real stiff tests. And I was at the uh, abandoned game on, on on Saturday. They kept saying postponed, but I, I think technically it was abandoned. Really, wasn't it? It, it sort of lasted forty eight minutes, and then an almighty torrential downpour. Which I've not really seen the the likes of that for. a, uh, for a, for a good while, but I mean, it was they lost the two games against um, Birmingham and Preston, but and by all accounts, they were they were pretty well beaten, and it was it was wor- it certainly worrying from a first half perspective against um, Cardiff. They were very much second best to other Cardiff as well, obviously they they're in it, and it's a it was a big big game for them, and they looked um, pretty good on the day, and you, you sort of. Not from a Yorkshire Post perspective, but you, you sort of felt a little bit for um, Cardiff supporters in the respect that you know the side were playing really well, comfortable at half-time, winning one nil. Then the start the second half and an absolute, um, you know, uh, torrent of, of rain, and the game ends ends up getting getting called off. And it was certainly a better a better abandonment for uh, for Rotherham than it than it was Cardiff. Um, you know, a lot of talk about what happened on on the day, and uh, I, I just think it was totally just an act of God, really, totally unprecedented weather conditions. We we all had our cups of tea in, in the press room, and and came out, and there was a little bit of rain coming coming down, but from then until the start of the the second half, that you know the heavens did literally open and and saturate the pitch. There was you know the referee had no no option but to take the, the, the players off. There was a lot of standing water on the perimeter of of the pitch and it was starting to lay in in the middle hmm. i obviously came back for, a, for another look a bit later when the rain had relented a little Have a look at 445 and you now the perimeter areas that there, there were you know, two or three ground staff and i would try to fork you know sort of, sort of brush away the water but it was just a it was just a losing battle. There were one or two, of obviously. Cardiff um, manager Lamucci wasn't particularly happy. He felt more could have been done, but I think the bottom line was when they came out for the second inspection, and you know the ball was was dropped on um, on the pitch. He just actually, you know, it just literally stopped, and there was just no way that that, that fixture could have um, could have been, you know, fulfilled. That um, you know on, on that on that day, there was just too much. Too much water, I and mean, there was a lot of water outside the the ground as well. So obviously the EFL are, are investigating it, but it might have just worked for Rotherham in in many regards because they were they were flat and second best, and the, and they looked disjointed as well. You know when the, the game was on, Cardiff were were dominant in the in, in the first half, and and didn't look like a relegation candidate either. So maybe Rotherham got a break there. Mm. Yeah, I mean you wonder if Tony
2: Stewart wasn't doing a sneaky rain dance somewhere at half time <laughs> because it certainly did certainly did work in their favor I mean it, it just felt you know from looking from looking from outside as though rather just needed that international break to come you know so they can so they can get Ollie Rathbone fit again because he was such yeah. a such a big player for them before this this groin injury uh, caught up with it and you know to get Tyler blackett a, a bit more up to speed having having arrived as a, as a free agent, Leo Helders by all accounts had a bit of a dip in form just to allow him to get um, you know, a second wind and, and you know, for, for people like John Hugill and and Lee Peltier to, to, to get a rest and and be able to go again. So I, I'm kinda of hoping it, it will it will work in that fav in their favour. I mean one one thing it will mean, looking at the fixture list, uh, realistically, there's only um it's only the last two weeks of the season that that, that Cardiff game can re, be replayed. Although, you know, Rotherham fans know from their last time in the championship, there's never too many games the EFL can ask Rotherham to play in a week. But if they, if they stick to the normal conventions, it, it'll be very late in the season. And obviously Cardiff, as, 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 uh, as Leon said, will be very aggrieved about this abandonment. There'll be a lot of spice on that game, particularly if those teams are as close in the league table as they, as they are right now. So that's going to be one heck of a game. Um, but yeah, I, I just think I just think Rotherham needed that needed that opportunity for a, a breather a, a, and a regroup. And you know, as I mentioned in a in a previous podcast, I've, I've probably seen the best of Rotherham really in the last in the last couple of months. I've certainly seen what they're what they they're capable of when they're at it. They just seem like they were just running a bit low on energy. Maybe start to feel a bit sorry for themselves. Who knows? Um, with the injuries, with the injuries piling up, but if this can just be a bit of a refresh and a reset, um, and they can come out all guns blazing a, a against Hull, you know, we we might actually be saying after all the hard luck stories of the last couple of years that for once, Rotherham have had a bit of a lucky break here in the championship. Hmm.
1: Yeah, it could be. You're right to just sort of talk up the Cardiff game there. See it could be. It could be one of those end-of-season occasions at the at the New York, which I've, I've, personally I've been quite well-versed in. I remember, I remember it must be about, um, I think it was 2000 and... It must be 2014-15, rather than you know, a similar situation under Steve Evans. They were in a real relegation scrap and they had a, they had a huge end-of-season uh, midweek game against um, Reading and managed to get over the line and won that. And I think that was the famous one where... Um, Steve Emmers had, had said beforehand if we if we save before the last last day game at Leeds, I'll wear a sombrero and, and shorts. And he actually did that when he when he walked into Allen Road. So yeah, they've, in terms of Rotherham's history, they've had some you know midweek nights at, at the at the New York. They've had some big ones, and and um, you know you just wonder if there might be potentially another against Cardiff. Mm-hmm.
0: And finally, in the championship, uh, we have Huddersfield Town, who surprised many after getting back to winning ways against Millwall. Um, although still in the bottom three, they are only three points off safety. Um, can Neil Warnock uh, work his magic against Stuart? You
2: just never know, do you? You, you? you know, it was it was looking it was looking lost before that Millwall game, but you know, you just can't write Neil Warnock off. Um, it it still looks like a tall order. Uh, and you know, you, you say they surprise a lot of people. I think the the people they should probably surprised the most was their manager. From some of the some of the comments a, after it, but you know, you know what he's like. He's a wily old fox, and Leon's already alluded to the fact that you know the fact that they've got his old club Middlesbrough straight after the break. He's going to be pulling out all the psychological tricks for that one, um, and 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 so he should. You know, they've just got to use. Use everything in their favour, but you know, I mean, to win it, to win at the, the the new den, let's get it right. Is is always a good result, regardless of whether Millwall are in the sort of sort of form they are. But um, really important as well, you know, Warren's been talking ever since he came in about the importance of Danny Ward. That was that was Ward's first goal since they since they played Rotherham in October. Um, that's huge as well, you know, for his. For his self belief, so um, yeah, they've just got to—they've just got to grab onto every every little positive going and just just squeeze the life out of them. And you know, if they if they give it everything they've got, as, as Warnock keeps saying, then that then that's all you can ask, really. But um, yeah, it's been a real considering he's he's one of the you know older, more experienced managers. It's been a real sort of roller coaster of emotions since he's come in. There's been no no stability in, in that regard uh, at all. One, one minute you think they've got the ch- a chance, the next minute you think they've got no chance and then they go and pull out a result like that. So all I would say is um, don't try and second guess what's going to happen. If, if you're not a Huddersfield fan, sit back and enjoy it. If you're a Huddersfield fan, sorry. Um, you're going to do a lot of nail-biting between now and the end of the season.
1: Yeah, it's it's us-against-the-world it scenario, isn't it? And. um I've, I think Neil sort of loves that, doesn't he? And yeah. they've got it five of the last eight against the, against its um, top half, and um, God, there's some there's some spicy ones as well, isn't there? Obviously, obviously the Middlesbrough game, um, you know, obviously he was particularly happy when he when he got the boot at, um, at Middlesbrough, but there's there's still a fair amount of respect there from from the borough supporters towards him for. From what he actually did and he, and he did he did keep them up um in my opinion one one season in, in the COVID year and after that they've got Watford and um uh, you know it's i think it's fair to say that himself and Chris Wilder aren't the aren't the best of, of friends in, in football circles and and uh a bit further down the track they've obviously got Sheffield United as well which could be an absolute um humdinger Cardiff away as well so yeah, he's um, as Stuart said he's right um, to, to try and pull out every psychological trick in in, in the book. Little Warnock, he's done that for many many years and he's done it successfully. And you know, sort of looking at the um, town, they've obviously took a couple of heavy beatings early on in his in his tenure. But I think mean, they've only conceded two goals in four, so that suggests he's sort of building a bit of a bit of resolve. If they got a, a any clean sheet at Millwall at any time, is is to be applauded, isn't it? And the they obviously did got a clean sheet against Bristol City did fairly well defensively and showing character against against Norwich so it, it looks like one or two of the senior men are, are stepping up Stuart's mentioned Danny Ward um, I've been impressed by from what I've seen of of, of Tom Lees as well and Mikkel Hellick they're, you know, they're, they're good centre-halves at this level and obviously the likes of Jonathan Hogg as well and one or two other players have put their hand up likes of Jack Redone and he's um, just going to have to bring them all together, create a bit of a overseas of a mentality and um, you know, get, get a real sort of club um, them and us sort of mindset and one or two of the younger lads are chipping in as well the likes of, of Ben Jackson so uh, you just look at the games I think they've got two of the next three at home, certainly need to win at least one of those and I think they've got three away games not long after that as well and do it the hard way but Never, never right with Neil Warnock side off, and the other, the other side of
2: that um, Sheffield United semi-final we were talking about. Of course, is that the the game Sheffield United's game at Huddersfield now is the the last Wednesday of the season. It'll be the day Sheffield United send Neil Warnock down. That could be the day Neil Warnock ruined Sheffield United's promotion hopes. Anything could happen, really. Um, as as, as says that picture list is just absolutely full of subplots. I mean, didn't even mention the fact that they, they could go to Swansea. And I, I reckon there's an outside chance that the Swansea fans might acknowledge the fact that Neil Warnock used to, man, used to manage Cardiff. You know, there's, there's, there's so many, there's so many levels to those to those games to come, and that's what you want if you're if you're Warnock because you really, the, the, obviously, the, the, the squad's got its limitations. So you've got to use every trick in the book. You've got to use that seed mentality. You've got to find, you know. Every possible way he can to make it us against the world, and as Leon says, their their goals conceded record suggests he's is getting them into that mindset. Whether it's enough to keep them up or not, who knows? But um, it look, you know, they're going to fight. They're going to fight till the end, and that's that's the most important thing.
0: Mm. Yeah. yeah. And uh, finally, for this week, we turn to League One and Barnsley, who produced a spectacular four-two victory with two late goals, uh, which brought Sheffield Wednesday's amazing twenty-three match unbeaten run to an end. Um, what were your thoughts on the game, Stuart?
2: I absolutely loved it, Bar. <laughs> I know Sheffield Wednesday fans didn't, and I know they won't. They won't like me saying it, but I mean, even even their even their team showed showed great fight because. Barnsley blew them away with their intensity in the first half an hour and, and Wednesday they just didn't look at it. So to, to get to get it back to 2 2, that showed you why Sheffield Wednesday had gone twenty-three games and being, you know, real real spirit, real getting stuck in. But then, then Barnsley got a second win and, and you have to say they're just in fantastic form. Their their confidence must be sky high at the moment, having been derby, Plymouth, and t- and Sheffield Wednesday, you know, even though Plymouth won and went top, uh, they'll, be, they'll be worried about Barnsley, who eight points behind but have got two games in hand. um It was just a really, really good advert for League One, um, and you know, we'll, we'll probably talk a bit more about the about the League One picture in in depth uh, next week. But you couldn't you couldn't watch that that game as a as a Barnsley fan or. As a, a sort of League Two fan in general, and not just be be, be proud really of that it was it was proper it was proper League Two football. You know, it wasn't the wasn't the absolute pretty stuff you sometimes see in the Premier League, but there was you know there was the right mix of of, of skill because there was there was still plenty of skill in there and fight and passion from the supporters. Five thousand Sheffield Wednesday fans really made for a great occasion because the Barnsley fans had to at a responded time. And it was just it was just a really really good game to, to watch. And I say I know those five thousand won't have enjoyed it at all. I think everyone
1: else who was watching it will have absolutely loved it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean they're in the they're in the game, aren't they, Barnsley, in terms of in terms of the uh the, the top two picture. I think they won ten out of twelve, they're unbeaten in that time. I think the interesting thing will be that I mentioned it um on fair earlier that uh by the time Plymouth take the field again in the league on Good Friday, they've obviously got the EFL trophy final against um, Bolton, isn't it? And by the time they, they're back in, you know, in league action, barsley could be two points behind them. They've got a trip to... Fitzgerald's game was off, but they've got to go to Exeter next week. And then they've got a home game with um, with Morecambe. Sheffield Wednesday uh, could be seven in front. They've got three games in that. That same same window before, with um, a back in action, they've got to go to Forest Green, Cheltenham. They've got a they've got a home game as well. So yeah, it's going to going to be fascinating how how that pans out. And we could you know really have a an outstanding race for. I thought it was a playoffs step first, but it's more automatic promotion really, and obviously don't discount Ipswich as well. They've got a they've got a big game. Uh, to, uh, to come at, at at Oakwell, and uh, you know there could be a, a side or two that, that miss out on the top two with a, with a massive amount of points. But from a from a Yorkshire perspective, you know how nice it would it be if if Barnsley and Sheffield Wednesday were the ones sitting in the in the top two come come um, May the eighth or ninth or whatever it is, and not having to to uh, mess about with the playoffs
2: yeah it's, it's it's a real pity that 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 uh, Barnes Ipswich game isn't going ahead this weekend because Ipswich have been in such good form as well that would have been a, that would have been an absolute cracker too. but uh, yeah hopefully when by the time it comes up r- well by the time it comes around there'll no doubt be even more even more riding on it that should be another good game yorkshire uk
0: Many thanks to Stuart Rayner and Leon Wopshall who will doubtless join us again soon for more discussions on the Yorkshire football scene, but don't forget you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging on to our website at yp.sport nationalworld.com, or if you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages, or email us directly with the subject matter as football talk podcast at yp.sport at nationalworld.com. As ever, many thanks for listening, look after yourselves, and bye for now.